Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And today we're here to talk about the uh, series finale, maybe? Season finale, maybe? Of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Wow, this was... Tom, what what did you... You were going to say something. What did you think of this? this Well, first off, I'm going to say, there is no better way to end this series than how they did it here. My hope is, and I know, I don't know how you guys are going to react to this. I want this to be a limited series. I think they said what they needed to said, and it's done. That's my opinion. I agree. Um, however, let's let's save that for the end once we finish our review, because I would love okay. to get your guys' thoughts on this and dive in. There's oh, I think some it's comments good. from the from the cast and crew. They've made some comments yeah. that are interesting. Um, yeah. And I think once... Yeah, let's 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 save that for the end. We'll leave our our listeners waiting and uh let's talk through the episode and then I'd love to get your thoughts on I totally Should this agree. be the end? In, officially, this is the end. Yeah. Should it be? I don't know. Let's But let's talk through it. So what we're going to be talking tonight is about the Obi-Wan Kenobi part 6 episode, which basically for this series, it's the series finale, directed by Deborah Chow written by Joby Harold, Hassan Amini, and Stuart Beatty. In this episode, believe it or not, this was a very action-packed special event finale of the Obi-Wan series. Or was it? Oh, it was. It was. But I'll I tell you, that the one thing about the series I did appreciate, I did end up liking Reva. And I like how it really tied in from last episode to this one. Yeah, I think I, I, I you know, we talked about this last week. I loved how they, uh, uh, how they p- kind of made her a free agent in many ways. She's no longer mm-hmm. um, an inquisitor. She's no longer, she's no longer a Jedi, as we we found out in mm-hmm. in the um, in in last week's episode. And so now she's kind of on her own. It really sets up this. Well, we thought would be a final confrontation. Apparently, our theories last week were wrong. Um, but it really sets up this really interesting dynamic. And so the, the episode starts with her trying to find Luke. And I guess the one odd piece is she kind of tips her hand in some way. She she finds out, oh, maybe, you know, I guess it, was, it makes sense for her to wait until the cover of night. But she she she's looking for Owen. She finds his location. She waits till night, but that fall nightfall but that gives owen a chance to really prepare owen and Baru to prepare the house for an attack um i i gotta throw this out there yeah and i'm, I'm gonna throw this directly to steven what did you think of Baru in this episode okay so hang on before okay go ahead no, no, question, no. tom but first I, I, go ahead i have so I'm going to preface everything I say for this episode. I thought this was a solid episode with some very high highs and some very low lows. Um, so, for example, Brew in this episode, fantastic. Loved seeing Owen and uh, 
Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say Owen and Lars. That's not right. Owen and Baru <laughs> uh-huh. set about to defending Luke. Uh, more on that in a moment. Okay. Didn't like the time scale in this episode makes no sense to me. So we've, we effectively have an A story and a B story or two A stories. I don't know. Um, Reva tra- traveling like wounded, finding a ship, which I don't know where she's going to find a ship on a planet where all the ships were either from the Empire or the, uh, why am I blank? I want to call them the Watch, and that's not right. Uh, okay, Tat- that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor so there. So she is able to find a ship, get all the way to Tatooine, interrogate the farmer, then wait till nightfall, and then goes after Luke. And in that space of that time, like, it seems to be less than a day, and Vader is pursuing Obi-Wan for, and, like, fights him very briefly. And the time scale for this made zero sense to me. You're you're not wrong. I kind of took that as, uh, I just kind of assumed that the two stories don't actually happen simultaneously as we're seeing them. But but they have to, because Obi Wan arrives. Well, at I the mean, last minute. Well, I think he could have. I think Reva could have gone to Tatooine far in advance of Obi Wan, because you know they're being. Vader's pursuing them, right? The Devastator is right. pursuing their ship. But the hyperdrive is off. Yep. And so we don't know how long they were pursuing. They're in the same system, it seems. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so they, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, yeah. it's... Wait. I don't, <laughs> I will, I'm going to spend a bunch of time talking about things like that that don't make sense to me. Um, actually, I'm just going to jump straight to the end. My biggest okay. issue with the okay. Owen and Brew piece is I was really disappointed that Owen and Brew weren't successful in defending Luke. I really, mm-hmm. really wanted to see their story end mm-hmm. with Obi-Wan getting there too late and Owen being like, I didn't need you. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have closed out their story in a perfect way and help establish why Obi-Wan is a little bit more distant in episode four. Because mm-hmm. Owen has proved he can do it. Well, it's a good point because right. o- Obi-Wan even says that in this episode. He says, yeah. I realized and I, you don't need me. Do it yourself. You got this. Mm-hmm. Right, but um, they don't. But they, you're right. I, I, I hadn't thought about that. You're very right. So here's my... We'll talk about Reva's story as well. The way I think this needed to end, in my opinion, is Luke runs off into the canyon. Reva is pursuing. She seems to have defeated Owen and uh, Baru. Mm-hmm. Reva is standing above Luke with a lightsaber. She's going for the blow. She has her moment. You can tell that she pauses. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that is that pause is the and you get the same flashbacks. That's her the culmination of her arc, which we'll talk about separately. And then Owen shoots her in the back. That I think was the correct ending for that story. But okay, I'm 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 gonna jump back to where you're having an issue with time. Did you see the movie Dunkirk? I have not seen the movie Dunkirk. <laughs> okay. No, well, no, it it's it's important in this respect. Because if you saw the movie Dunkirk, it's interesting how they do this juxtaposition of time on telling the story because you're, you're seeing what's happening on Dunkirk and then you're seeing what's happening in England. And, and then you see, it's almost like two different timelines on how it's being told. But as it gets toward the end of the movie, those timelines and they're taking place at the same time actually converge at the end. But it's, it was a very interesting way. And once you got into how it was told, then it made I, sense. I I'm think in this old. case, yeah, yeah, I'm not I opposed think... to them like linking up at the end. I think my issue, right. and there's a bunch, like we'll talk about Vader's pursuit in a moment. There's okay. a bunch of issues with that sequence um, mm. that I think make the time element struggle a little bit. Okay. Um, 
yeah, we can leave that aside for the moment. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I, how, I, that's that's fine. You, you, you're you not wrong because because um, I mean there is that mo- that moment when Obi Wan senses that Luke's in danger and it looks like right. he's only just left his duel and he gets to and then he he very quickly all of a sudden gets to to Tatooine in uh, and thankfully his his little shuttle happened to have a hyperdrive. Yeah. Um, well. But the other thing but, on top of that, he must have been in a system that was very close because he got there awfully fast. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. but, you know, I, I honestly, I can overlook those little quibbles, right? Yes, yeah. there's and Star Wars is full of this kind of stuff where. Oh, don't you worry. I'm going to point out every single the, one this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but not even just the series, right? Star, the Star Wars films are filled with, wait, how did they get from there to the, this place to that place so quickly? Mm-hmm. Or how did it take them so long? Right. This I, is. I actually disagree. I don't think Star Wars tends to have this issue. Time is inconsistent, but rarely does I, do I feel like uh, they have two sets of events that feel like they should be happening in different timescales that somehow meet up at the end. Mm-hmm. It would An equivalent would be, um, like, if in episode five, when Vader... Uh, actually, it's not even when Vader... Like, I don't even know. Like, when Luke... Uh, maybe it's on Bespin. Like it'd be like at the when they're freezing Han and Carbonite. It'd be like if Leia's like, "Wow, we just got here this morning, and already this has happened." You're like, "But I've seen Luke eat like three meals with Yoda, and he's been doing like a bunch of training. Mm-hmm. How are these supposed to meet up in the way that you're implying they get they meet up?" That's the issue I think here. I'm going to go back to my standard line: "It's a su- suspension of disbelief." Exactly. Just, just run with I it. I refuse. But no, I, so I mean, that was my, I, I think they flubbed a little bit on the end of the Owen and Bruce sequence, mm. but I really loved seeing them like, I don't know, like zombie prep effectively for like, oh man, Jedi's coming, let's get ready. Well, I on think top of that, yes, that was so better. cool. That was yeah, so cool. Because to me, it also gave, it gave Aunt Beru something other than making blue milk. It made yeah. her a bad A. I, I'll say, I'm not going to say the word, but it made her a bad A. I mean, yeah, she on. was the one who wanted to stay behind and, and defend their their homestead. She and was she was the, the one, one that was grabbing the laser, yeah. the rifles. Yeah, yeah. No, it, she was she was awesome. And um, and I really liked that whole sequence, right? Where, you know, it's the it's the Lars homestead we we know and love. And mm-hmm. we're seeing this Inquisitor stalk them and and try to break into the home you know sneak into the homestead at night with owen and, and Baru defending their right. you know their their house like it's it's i loved all of that right and yes well, you could you could you could critique you know bits and pieces and how they ultimately technically you're right they were not successful but um you know i i still i still really enjoyed uh watching that happen uh, I thought it was really, really cool to see. I, I think um, the the fun thing for me was, didn't you just love it when I think it was Owen sat there and said, "Well, Ben is gone," and then her fire back was, "Well, whose fault is that?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk yes. a, talk about talk about being snarky to your husband. Oh, you yeah, know, he kind of deserved a little, you know, he like, did. Uh, he he deserved it. He he's been pushing back and and not welcoming uh, Obi Wan's. Uh, help and now when they really need it obi-wan's not there so let's talk about reva in a little bit more detail though I, okay tom you mentioned you know reva really came into her own in this episode and i think i have to agree like i i feel like she should have died at the end um which we'll get into probably the whole like is there a second season or not type question and, and, I, and i'm gonna debate but, you on that one but go ahead that's fair okay but this episode really does bring her full circle her yes. sole purpose is to get revenge 
And I mean, I'm curious if this, if your understanding matches mine, but I took this entire sequence as she knows that Luke is Anakin's son. And even though Anakin doesn't know that he exists, she's looking at it like, you know what? I will kill his son and that will be my vengeance. I think you're right because... I, I, I would agree with that, yes. Yeah, I mean, he, to be fair, there is never... I don't think she says Anna, uh, Luke Skywalker, right? Does she? Uh, does, no. or does Does Bale no, no, say no. Luke Skywalker in the communication? I think he just says the child. So it's a little bit of a stretch that she knows for sure, but I, I do think that that is the intention and that she knows who, who Luke is and that... Uh, and she wants to get revenge. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I agree. I, but I, I you know what I'm going to get to the point right now where Stephen I'm going to I want to debate now the thing about she should have died in this episode because the one thing about Star Wars is it's always redemption and redeeming yourself, and she had the perfect opportunity to take out her revenge against Vader. Like as you pointed out, she figured Luke was his son. She had the perfect opportunity, but I think what really drove it home to me and I and now I see why the character was the way she was is when she was getting ready for the quote unquote killing blow but she started seeing herself and she was really really going for it and then she saw herself again and she just couldn't do it because then I think she came to the realization she would have ended up exactly like Anakin and Skywalker and that's not what she wanted yeah, totally agree. I I really like that there's a moment where she has realized she's become, like in the intrusive fashion, she's become the thing that she hated. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just think her story could have ended there and been fine. It leaves it open to her getting to, you know, go out and redeem herself. Right. But let's not forget how she started the show off. Like, she is not a good person. She's killed a lot of people. Oh, yeah. As an Inquisitor. Yeah. Yeah, and she did. I'm I think it's oh, I guess I would say I think it's okay that she lived. I just think she, her, uh, she would have been better served by letting Owen or Baru kill her, if that makes sense. Like I think it would have served the plot better. Um okay, as it is, I think here, it does leave her open for, you know, potentially seeing her again in the future, which should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a reformed inquisitor or whatever role she ends up choosing, but I I thought the the flashbacks worked really well for mm-hmm. like in what they were trying to accomplish. Like it, yeah. it definitely, you can feel her horror realizing how far she's fallen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they made and, her a very unique villain too. You know, I, I, which I appreciate. It's it's a different type of villain than we've seen in, you know, in other. Uh, obviously, there's a lot that's shared, right? There's only so many types of villains you could have, but she's a villain who is really just purely after revenge she wanted to kill vader so i i Mm. I liked that arc and the fact that she realized oh my gosh i've become the very thing that 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 she swore to destroy the very thing that that set her off on this journey and um so yeah i i i really liked it i was a bit surprised that she survived like like you guys i think i think they could have um i i do think it would but she would have been better served dying to cement Owen and Baru's but again like also like I, I think you're right Stephen she would have had to die in a way where like she can't go up against Baru uh and Owen and Baru because they would have died uh but if they right. could get the drop on her or something it would show how uh, they can protect Luke 
That said, I'm okay with her surviving. And it is interesting that, that they've left such a major uh, secret out in the galaxy. But I, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Well, I, I would not be surprised if they filmed both endings. Like, there's an... Mm. There's enough foreshadowing, and even in this episode, like like you said, William, Obi Wan has a line where he compliments Ben on protecting Luke, which yeah. he did not do. Mm-hmm. It fe- I can see a world where they filmed both versions, and then we're like, actually, maybe we want to leave this door open a little bit, and they wrote a different kind of scene to let her mm-hmm. live through. Well, I is and actually, sorry, the last thing I'll add is uh, if you remove that piece of it it also solves the time issues that i have i've complained at length about because if obi-wan doesn't get there immediately then the time i mean she still gets there very quickly but then the the two stories don't have a definitive like start and end it's a lot easier to to match them together right Mm -hmm. yeah see i i think right now and when i when this series ended for me i was looking at it going you know what i would like to see her journey continue i don't know how but if they were to do like a second season, I, I wouldn't want, I am now debating if there's going to be, or if there should be another season, but I think there'd be a better season with her as a character. I'd like to see more of her. I ended up liking her more in this episode because I think in the end you got, you kind of, for me understood where she was coming from when it got to the end and you got to see all that angst she was building up all the quote unquote vengeance that was in her. And then it finally came to the point where it's like, she realized that was not her. And now it's to a point to where it's like, you'd love to see Ventress. And we've got the books of Ventress after she got out from under Dooku. I'd like to see more of Reva. I write books about Reva. I find her a very interesting character to see what she's going to do at this point. That's why I didn't want to see her die. Because again, it gets back to redemption. And if she were to have died, then how how would the redemption of her yeah. then fulfilled? No, I, I again again I I I like her t- as well, and I would like to see her continue in some other form. Uh, yeah, given all of this. Yeah, so I I totally agree. I'd yeah. love to see I'd I, love to see something. I guess the middle ground would have been um, instead of having Owen kill her, Owen like shoots her in the back and she's knocked unconscious or whatever. Right, it might be. right. Um, and then, I mean, maybe even then there's a sequence where Obi-Wan shows up and prevents Owen from finishing her off or something like that would also have worked. Yeah. But again, yeah, I mean, it, it works as is, but you are right in that it kind of dilutes their ability to protect Luke. It, yeah, it, it feels like there was a stronger ending left on the table is how I, I think of it. There's mm-hmm. nothing, I wouldn't say there's nothing wrong, but like the I one- I don't think it hurts the episode in yeah, any way. I, it, but it yeah, doesn't, it doesn't hurt the episode at all. At all. Yeah. So I, I'm actually curious too. So this is the most we've seen of young Luke Skywalker um, while we're talking about the, this whole scene. Of course, played by Grant Feely. We see him briefly in the first episode- when he's, but he has like a VR headset on and mm-hmm. you don't really see much of his face. This is the first time we actually see Luke at such a young age. What did you think of him? He was running an awful lot the way I see I, it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, I just, go ahead, Steve. This is the other thing I struggle with a little bit. Luke is old enough at this point. He should remember this, that, that like this thing happened to him. Right. It feels 
like a bit of a miss, I would say, that Reva gets as close to him as she does. And I thought they were going to work it pretty well when like at, when uh, Owen and Baru tell Luke to hide. They're like, oh, the, the Tuscans are out tonight. You know, you need to hide in the safe room or whatever. Uh, I was like, oh, cool. Like Luke's not okay. actually going to know what's going on. Having him get be chased down by uh, any person with a lightsaber feels like the type of like it's it's honestly the same problem mm-hmm. that Leia has. Like this feels like it would have changed how Luke comes and Leia come into Episode Four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I had the same thought as you. The one way I was able to rationalize that is that Luke, uh, you're Luke is climbing. He, you know, he doesn't really see Reva all that much. He climbs out the top of the the uh, the garage. I think he, maybe does he look back? I can't remember if maybe he looks back very uh, briefly. I don't. I don't. I, I, I thought he did. I don't. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch it again. I, I I'm a, I'm in the other camp. I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. And if he didn't, then yeah. he runs into the into the uh, the canyons, right? Right. Um, and then he. Before Riva catches up to him, he, he slips and falls yeah, he slips and, and knocks falls. himself out. And and then she picks him up, carries him back. He's still unconscious, drops him off, and then leaves. And so the way I interpreted that was, I don't know if he ever actually saw Riva. He knew someone was coming after him. Well, but okay. that could be explained as, oh, someone's just trying to rob us. You know, mm-hmm. you go run away and keep yourself safe. Like, yes, it's a, tra- it's a traumatic experience for sure. And it's something he would remember. But did he actually see Reva? Did he see a red lightsaber? I don't know. I agree with you. I I thought, I, I thought the one thing that was kind of flimsy was Uncle Owen telling him that it was a Tusken Raider. But if he did look back, he should know that a Tuscan Raider is not wearing black like that. Oh, did that. he say Tuscan Raider? I missed that. He, no, so no. There, he said so, the Tuscans. He said so yeah, the Tuscans. When, when he sends Luke into the yeah. safe room, he tells Luke yes. the Tuscan Raiders are coming and Luke right. needs to hide. Oh, you're right. Oh, think, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Which okay. actually works really well. Yeah. Again, I think my issue is I, that makes I, don't sense, even, I thought it were Luke. He looked back. I just have trouble believing that Luke is running and he's climbing in the rocks and he doesn't see a giant glowing red lightsaber in the dark. Mm-hmm. I took that okay, he got, feels is, like a stretch. Is that Reva was too far behind to see for him to see that at first. Uh-huh. Now again, you I, could argue how how is he so fast, that kind of stuff. But I think that the logic is, especially now that you mentioned Tom, that he I missed that line that, that he blamed that, that Owen blames on Tuscan Raiders. Like yeah, I said his grandmother right or uh, uh was killed by tuscan raiders right uh and so it's a very easy thing to be like oh my gosh the tuscans are evil they killed they took your grandmother right. once they came it's something we have to live with right. watch out you know like it i could see i could see that well and here's my other thing about that if you're gonna send somebody to a safe room don't go to the safe room go to a different <laughs> area because it seemed like they were constantly being pushed toward that safe room. And then they ended up doing what? Opening the safe room. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, there's Luke. It's like, your your job is to protect I, Luke. You take them away from the safe room. I read that as Reva knew where she was going anyway. Like she could okay. sense where Luke was and wasn't gonna like, there was no hiding from Reva. Okay, then, then that part I can accept. Yeah. Other stuff I like though from this whole scene is just how we get to see that Owen really cares about Luke, right? It's, oh, he, yeah. He's he's kind of grumpy, and we we know he does in some ways, but we they actually show it in this in this episode where 
there was a couple times where he's like, yeah, you know, I, I do love, you know, I love the boy. He is my own. Um, and even later when he's talking to Obi-Wan, it, it, there's just so many, I really liked the characterization of Owen and Baru. It really mm-hmm. helped give them a little more nuance, uh, than what we've seen in, in the films. Right. You know, I thought it was just very well done. Absolutely. Like I, I will say other than my, you know, quibbles with the ending of it, I thought Owen and Baru, I mean, it's hard to say they were one of the highlights of this episode. There's a lot of good highlights, but they, it was definitely one of the best parts of it is yes. seeing them have an active role, be active parents, be active in protecting Luke. And I, yeah. if we get a second season, I mean, we'll talk about what we would want, but like, I, I don't want to see more of them, but I, I kind of do if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, We'll have to talk about that. But I think the best thing for me when it came to this episode, it actually, again, you get back to Baru and you see Baru in a different light than when you see her, you know, in episode four. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, I have to say one more thing about the whole Reva ending. I am glad that this was not a repeat of the Maul Obi-Wan duel in Star Wars Rebels. Um, You know, it was... Uh, it was a very different threat on Tatooine, which I really appreciated. It was it was very well done, uh, but it felt distinct and uh, like its own thing uh, than uh, what we get in that series. And so mm-hmm. I agree. And ironically, I think what I wanted it to be was the Maul and Obi-Wan fight from Star Wars Visions, the original comic. Mm. That's what I was picturing when this occurred. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I don't I don't blame you. It's such a good. It's such a good fight. Um, but I'm kind of glad that we we didn't get a second showdown, right? Because we yeah. have that first showdown. And re- I don't feel like you can top Obi-Wan versus Vader. And then Obi-Wan versus Reva is just a letdown. And so yeah, from that standpoint, I'm glad Obi-Wan didn't fight her. Uh, yeah. But the best thing about that was, in the end, he basically was just Obi-Wan. He was like, look. You know, I think she sat there and said, what do I do now? And it's like, in so many words, the universe is open to you. It's now your choice for what you want to do going forward. Yeah. You know, you're you're not a slave to Darth Vader or the Inquisitors anymore. Go find yourself in so many words. Yeah. I'm, again, a little surprised that Obi-Wan let her be out there with the knowledge, but it, it, he's not going to kill her. He's not that kind of person. So no, it, it makes sense. Also, and, I, I have to laugh. Like how many lightsabers are buried out there in, in the in the sands of Tatooine at this point? I just, this is right for a, like <laughs> a meme of almost some like sort. a robot chicken sketch. Yeah, just exactly. got, like, farm and he's like, look, I'm trying to plant my crops and all I keep finding. Are lightsabers. Like, Ray buries her lightsaber on Tatooine or, or uh, she buries Luke's uh, lightsaber and, and Leia's lightsaber on Tatooine. Reva buries her lightsaber. Obi-Wan buried his lightsaber for a while. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other Jedi. Uh, oh shoot! What's his name? Um, uh, Nari uh, buried his lightsaber. Um, <laughs> everyone's got their lightsabers buried. Yeah. Reva's got her lightsaber buried. It's just like, you know, you you just try to dig in for dirt. You're looking for moisture, and all you find is these lightsabers popping up everywhere. Yeah. And if you ever know, ever need to go back and get one. You can certainly find it fairly easy because Obi Wan exactly. was able to find his pretty easy. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, well, okay. So we've talked about Riva a lot. 
Um, and and the, and Luke. And I, I guess one more thing I, I should add before we start before we switch topics. I thought I thought Grant Feely as as Luke was serviceable. I don't think he's as standout as Leia is, as Vivian Lyra Blair is as Princess Leia. Totally agree. She steals the show. Luke is fine. He does good enough for what he needs in his limited screen time. Um, but I, I'd say I don't think he's supposed to steal the show, though. Exactly. No, it's, yeah, I, like, 100% he, agree. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say that Luke is boring, but like Luke on Tatooine is boring. Yes. That was, I think, always his intent. Yeah. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. And so it is by design. Um, I think isn't he did fine as a you know pl- playing the the character of Luke, uh, not yeah, I guess that's all there is to say. Um, okay, so the pursuit. Uh, but we got we gotta get to the duel. But before the duel, um, we get some nice yeah, I- some nice scenes on the ship as we're waiting for uh, basically for Obi Wan to leave. And we get a fight scene or a chase scene that makes no sense. You know it, what? It's the same kind of chase scene out of episode. It's straight out of Last Jedi. Eight? No, it's not. Yeah, it's, that's no, it is. Problem. No, no, no. Hang on. It is. It is not the Last Jedi. Yes, it is. No, in the Last Jedi, the Re- uh, Resistance fleet, they're hyper. I don't remember why their hyperdrives don't work. It doesn't really matter. Whatever. Like mm. they are forced to run at sub at like sublight speeds, and the Empire is following them at the same speed, but they're not in range. Right. They're maybe in range. They are in range for fighter strikes, which the rebel fleet like defends against, but they're not in range of the star destroyers. This scene starts with the de- an Imperial star destroyer, the symbol of the empire's might failing to shoot a, a passenger freighter that is like 20 feet in front of it. Okay. It's not even a nimble freighter like the Millennium Falcon is, but like it's clearly in range. And I don't understand. Like it makes so so little sense. The tractor that the beam is down. Yes, yes, it does. Because remember, they have a problem with any kind of shift, shift, shift. Sorry, that kind of does a shift to the left. I mean, that's true. Sh- it's a yeah. hard maneuver to, yeah, it's, to get around. It's just like just j- just just list to the left a little bit. Okay, now list <laughs> to the right a little bit. Let's not make these hard turns because if you make a hard turn, then they'll probably be able to get you. So here's my, I the, I appreciate what they're trying to do. There were so many things here that were frustrating to me, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna dive through all of them so we can get them out of the way and talk about the actual the other stuff that was fine. Okay, okay, okay. I just I need so we have the an Imperial Star Destroyer that is for whatever reason completely unable to stop a passenger freighter, which makes zero sense. We know that Vader's Tie or not sorry that the Star Destroyer has Tie Fighters because we've seen them before. Yep. Um. Or they just, they should have Tie Fighters. They're not using any Tie Fighters. Um. Then we decide to split into like the two the sh- groups in two, which I don't know why they didn't do this earlier. If they already like if you had another ship that was capable of hyperspeed, why would you not split the group earlier or do something earlier? Um. That prompts this whole conversation between Vader and the Inquisitor about like, oh, which ship do we chase? I don't like both. You should have TIE fighters. You have a Lambda class shuttle, which we know has a hyperdrive. Why does that not get sent off to chase one of the ships while the Star Star goes after the other? I don't understand and it bothers me. Okay. But <laughs> like, but I think I think the Inquisitor kind of nailed something on the head. Because didn't the Inquisitor kind of question Vader in why are you pursuing this? Oh, and yeah. Vader, I mean, the Inquisitor Vader is kind of sit there and say, in so many words, I don't care. 
And the Inquisitor just kind of bowed his head. Okay. Sure. I mean, absolutely. I get it. I get Vader only cares about Obi-Wan. You know what would help is, like, literally, they chase Obi-Wan to a nearby planet. His ship lands, and Vader takes another ship and follows him down. Uh-huh. Which means the moment they split up, Vader could have just taken the other ship, and the Star Destroyer could have chased after the path. It would have been so easy for them. But no, they are... Ah, it, sorry. Um, <laughs> you okay there? Um, you okay there? Yeah, take a breath. Take a breath. Uh, fine. My, I'm just going to keep going. My other big problem is the Star Destroyer parks above the planet. Vader goes down in the shuttle to meet Obi-Wan. And then, I mean, I don't know how long their fight takes, but like, let's say half an hour, an hour, two hours later, uh, Obi-Wan's ship comes up and the Star Destroyer is gone. Where did the Star Destroyer go? Why does Obi-Wan get to escape for free? Also, if Obi-Wan had a hyperdrive... Why not just go to hyperspace in the first place when, like, hmm, I'm gonna, I just need to take deep breaths. The entire chase sequence and split up and that entire thing made zero sense to me and it really bothers me. Okay. It's probably obvious at this point. Okay. But, but <laughs> I couldn't I, tell, Stephen. I couldn't tell. Yeah. I couldn't gonna, tell I'm either. Gonna go on, I'm going to be quiet for a little bit now. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell either, but you have to say this one respect. That lightsaber battle paid it all off, didn't it? But yeah, I do uh, have to ask, the planet they were on, didn't that kind of remind you of the planet from Rogue One that had that secret base uh, that the X-Wings attacked? Because when they landed, I'm looking at this thing going, that kind of looks like that planet that had the base that had Galen Erso on it and and the scientists were were all gunned down. What it actually reminds me of, honestly, is if you've watched Avatar The Last Airbender, the mm. final, the finale of that uh, animated show takes place on a very similar looking planet between like, you know, again, like the Avatar of Light and the Avatar of Evil. I mean, uh-huh. they're not, I'm, uh, that, I'm, I just pissed off a whole fandom because that's not the right way to describe <laughs> it, but that's okay. <laughs> My point is you have the big good guy and the big bad guy fighting each other in a very similar environment that's like a, a plane with a bunch of like rocky columns. Uh-huh. So it's remarkably similar and very cool. That's all I had to say. <laughs> uh, but it, it worked, okay? It, Everything in this really whole cool. thing just I, paid I, I thought it was a phenomenal backdrop for their final showdown. It just Absolutely. it looked Absolutely. so visually stunning. Yep. It it it's choreography, so cinematography here. They used a little more shaky cam than I would have liked. Like I agree. I, yep. But but that's I, a minor a, quibble overall. Like the yeah this oh everything from the way they frame the shots so mm-hmm. similar in many ways to you know Anakin's duel with Anakin and Obi-Wan in, in, in Revenge of the Sith, right? The Battle of the Heroes. Like, the shots are very similar uh, in, in many cases. The, the backdrop is amazing with the, you know, behind Vader on one side is the Lambda-class shuttle and, like, nothingness. And on the other side, there's all these rocks behind, you know, towering to the sky behind Obi-Wan. Just so, so cool. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my gosh, the the dialogue, the... Uh, the fight, right? Uh, the fighting, it, it it answers a lot of the questions we've wondered about. I think it does a great job of resolving uh, both Obi-Wan's journey and his struggles that, he, that he's been dealing with. And uh, as well as, you know, why Obi-Wan says the things he does and why Vader acts the way he does mm-hmm. later on. It's just, oh, I can't, 
I can't say enough good things about this whole duel. Absolutely. The, the thing that I really loved about the duel is they use the environment so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the, the here's Obi-Wan trying to take this rock formation and push it on to Vader. Vader's holding it back. And then at a certain point, Vader, I think, did the sneaky thing with a rock from the side to kind of take Obi-Wan off his feet. And just just the way the environment was used was outstanding instead of just a straight lightsaber fight. Because mm-hmm. in a way, they both fought dirty. Yeah. Yeah. And they keep you on your toes, too, where there's that, there's yes. that moment where because we know, right, we know in A New Hope, Obi-Wan says, you know, uh, or Vader says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And we're like, OK, well, how how is he the learner here? Because we saw him really powerful before. And how, how does, how do they reconcile that? Mm-hmm. Right. And in, in the previous duels, Obi-Wan, he hadn't regained all of his strength yet. He was still not quite his former self. Now he's got, he is the Obi-Wan we know and love at this yep. point. And, and, and he's strong. And yet Vader is like pummeling. He's even still pummeling. He almost buries him alive. And you wonder like, wait, is that, I, is that, like, that couldn't be it, right? And no. Uh, so it's, I, I'll say I can't. I wish I could claim credit for this, but I saw it on Reddit and I thought it was a very well done. Um, Obi Wan is quite literally and uh, metaphysically buried under his own guilt. Yes. And it is yep. only through uh, accepting that this isn't his fault. Yep. That he is able to, you know, unbury himself and emerge and defeat Vader. Mm-hmm. It, really really well done mm-hmm. yeah and and i think the best thing about it was up until that point the, the way that i saw the fight obi-wan got much stronger but right when he got to the point where he's sitting there holding back all that rock and he felt all that pressure that's when he like you said steven he really felt it it's like you know what that's when he realized that this is it yep. and he that's the point in which you saw a powerful jedi master even when he's sitting there with all that rock behind him that he just starts in the force Gosh, throwing it at amazing. Vader. I love that. That what just, an awesome display of of power, right? Yes. Oh. Yeah, and that Stephen as you said, that is the re- the release of all that guilt and just like okay, it's all gone. Now, you know what? It, the, 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 this fight ends now and not by way of physically ending Vader's life, but I am going to put an end to this fight now. Mhm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because... Oh, sorry, Steven. I was that I do wish he had killed Vader here in the setup they had created. It's... It feels... And, like, Vader has the same thing where he feels... It feels like he should have killed Obi-Wan while Obi-Wan was down and buried. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels a little bit like um, an abandonment of what it means to protect people. Like, there's a little... Like, I mean, Vader... By leaving Vader alive, how many people die because Vader is going to kill them? Like thousands upon thousands, if not more. And yes, yes, it's not enough to overthrow. Like it doesn't defeat the Empire. It doesn't just kill the Emperor. But killing Vader here feels like it. It should have happened. I and I wish they'd. Uh, I'm glad they resolved it in a. Uh, final way i don't know if that's the right word like there's no question that obi-wan is still the master here to borrow yeah, right. from episode four absolutely i wish he wasn't in a position where he could have killed vader but chose not to 
that, that's mm-hmm. fair. And it, it, I feel like that's honestly a recurring theme throughout the series is if you just finished them, you would have saved a lot of trouble later on. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Know. Um, but I also get like, he doesn't want to kill him. I, I can see why he left Vader alive. I feel like he should have learned the lesson the first time. Like you, you, you didn't finish off Anakin. He came back as Darth Vader. He's been terrorizing the galaxy for 10 years. Uh, you know, he, he may not know the extent of how bad Vader is at this point, because while we all know of Vader, something I've, I've seen a lot of the folks at Lucasfilm talk about is that in the general galaxy, people don't, Vader isn't a household name necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe Obi-Wan doesn't know just how bad Vader has been over the last decade, but uh, you know, I think he 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 should have killed him. That said, I I understand why he didn't. And so the, the other thing I think we need to talk about with this sequence is uh they they stole right out of Rebels. <laughs> they did. Like and yeah, sorry, before we get to this, I just want to Okay, go ahead. Like, Sorry, my this is my other pet peeve with Star Wars recently is they feel a need to explain every minute detail. Um, and in this, it, there's a couple I feel like in this episode, but the mm-hmm. big one that I caught is like, oh, in episode six, when Vader's helmet is removed, he's got a giant gash on one side of his head, mm-hmm. which he does not mm-hmm. get in episode three. We now know where he gets the gash because when Obi-Wan breaks open the helmet, you can see you know what? that... I never realized that. Oh, that was, it was so obvious. <sighs> I'm like, oh, I, oh, no, I mean, like, I, I always forget he it. has okay. a gash. I don't, I it's, guess I don't notice those things quite as, as well. Like the fact that he has that gash in episode six and that, but you're totally right. Now that you mention it, you're totally right. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they did the mask just for that. Right. So yes, they copied rebels. They straight up copied rebels. It's, it is a very similar scene. The other side of it, it's, in this case, is the other side of Vader's helmet. But, mm-hmm. you know, Ahsoka, remember in, in Twilight of the Apprentice, Ahsoka, you know, basically cuts off half of Vader's mask. They talk, you hear Anakin's voice. All of that stuff, exactly what happens here, just the other side. That said, I think it was important. And I think they needed to do it. it, it, it there was important. a reason why it worked so well for Ahsoka. And I think it, while the... Ahsoka and Obi-Wan are the two people closest to Anakin. And while it's a little mm-hmm. odd that, you know, they both have had the exact same thing happen, you know, five-ish years apart, <laughs> the t- putting that aside from a storytelling standpoint, I think this is the no, only way they could have given Obi-Wan closure and given those two characters closure because Obi-Wan needs to be able to see Anakin underneath. It, it, just like Ahsoka needed to see Anakin, Obi-Wan yes. has to see Anakin underneath. It is absolutely critical. And he needed yep. to be able to hear, you know, Hayden Christensen's voice. Uh, all of that was, was and, and I would argue, I know people are talking about, of course, you know, James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen's voice blending. I could have sworn I heard Sebastian Shaw in there, a bit of Sebastian Shaw in there as well. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I'd have to go back. I, I, oh. I, I thought it was amazing, but I think it was absolutely critical. I think they needed it to have and, for close. And I and I agree with you in the respect that Obi-Wan needed to hear he's not the one that mm-hmm. killed Anakin. Yes. Anakin took responsibility for basically killing I'm going to say took responsibility for killing himself and becoming Darth Vader. It wasn't Obi-Wan's fault. And yeah. Obi-Wan needed to hear that. That's exactly it. And and the dialogue is 
oh, it's so good, right? Where, yep. you know, Obi-Wan sees Anakin's face for the first time since he left him there lying on Mustafar. And he says his name and, and Vader says, Anakin is gone. I'm all that remains. And we, and you see, oh, Ewan McGregor did a phenomenal job. You see the emotion on his face when he finally has to apologize to Anakin and say he's sorry for everything that happened. And Vader surprisingly, you know, kind of gives him a little bit of closure and says, I'm not your yep. failure. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Yep. And it, that gives Obi-Wan all the closure he needs. And the reason why he later says to Luke, "Your, you know, Vader betrayed and murdered your father, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's literally what Vader told him. Yep. Of course, then he says the same way, I will destroy you. And Vader tries to kill Obi-Wan. But, um, and, you know, and then, of course, like, Obi-Wan's like, yeah, then my friend is truly dead, right? Goodbye, Darth. And again, a perfect you yep. know, reference and, to Darth. I think that was all absolutely critical. And I think, I think for me, what made that scene work, I'm happy he just said Darth. Yep. He didn't just go Darth Vader. He mm-hmm. just said Darth. And I think that was that was the perfect way to say it and then just walk away. Yeah. And I, I think I think yes, it copies Rebels, but I think it was absolutely critical. I don't know. It maybe, was maybe you guys maybe you disagree with me, but that's my two so I'll say I think I think Rebels did it better. Um I feel like the voice mixing on Rebels in particular is phenomenal. Um yeah. mm-hmm. and the mixing here is good, but I, I think it's this felt like it was more to make sure you got each distinct uh person talking whereas rebels i feel like they did a a, a bit more of a blend yeah mm-hmm. they wanted However, people they wanted people to know <laughs> right but there's there's a reason it was iconic in rebels it was a uh, a brilliant move to have it happen with ahsoka and it like it's just one of the things like obi-wan's gonna have a white is going to have wider reach than rebels by far mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah you if you're like i'm all for not stealing things but like this deserved to be stolen and you know spread more broadly yeah because it it worked really well yeah i i absolutely agree with you it had to do and it had to work and it worked very well in this yep i couldn't agree more it was it was critical yes it was copying but it was critical and i i loved 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 the whole sequence it was so good well there's absolutely yeah and and i gotta say I, I'm gonna backtrack a bit. Let's go back to the uh, the transport with the uh, the uh, uh, people getting away, and when Obi Wan was talking with Leia, I really loved how Leia sat there. And I'm sorry, it was Obi Wan who gave Leia the holster that had the little markings on it from Tala. I just Tala, yeah, the markings from Tala, and I just love how Leia sat there and said, "There's no blaster in it," and the best answer, and it was. Totally the way he had a look on his face. is just like, well, I'm not going to give a blaster to a 10-year-old. <laughs> I mean, what a line. And he had this big smile on his face when he said it. Just, just great. I just, and then also just, it, it just, how that was presented and the interaction between the actress who plays Leia and Ewan McGregor made that scene just so wonderful. Yeah. So I just, I wanted to touch on that before we, we move on. Well, so. I, I, I totally agree with that scene. And also when... Later, when um, when Obi Wan arrives back on, well, actually, when when Obi Wan arrives on Alderaan, and I have to say, again, tying into that uh, that whole holster scene, like the way <laughs> Bria and uh, and Bail are a little surprised at first, but then absolutely enjoying seeing mm-hmm. Leia with the holster and how he 
he gives her, you know, he says, oh, hey, you know, Bale says, yeah, we can, we'll change things together because Leia says she wants right. to change some things up. All kind of foreshadowing older Leia. That's great. Um, but I loved the sequence between Obi-Wan and Leia when yes. he finally arrives. I, it continues to be some of the best scenes of this entire series. Mm-hmm. And this one in particular was such a standout for two reasons. One, when when Leia, well, Obi-Wan gives Leia back Lola. And we didn't talk about this, but the fact that Leia was using Lo- Lola to comfort Corrin Horn and, and others, and then Obi-Wan says, well, maybe I need some time with Lola too. And she slips it in his pocket and he sees it right before the duel. And that gives him the strength. Oh, so great. And, you know, of course he, so he gives back Lola, but also the sequence where he tells Leia about her parents was, I'm not going to lie. I, I had some tears in my eyes. It was so well done. Mm -hmm. It was, it still bothers me that I feel like it doesn't match up with how Leia reaches out to him in episode four. Okay. But I, it does work. Well, okay. I understand how that can bother you, but there's a part of me that when she looked at Bale and, and, and Bale's wife, you almost had the feeling that she came to the realization. She was at least my mind that Obi-Wan was, was describing them. Not so much Anakin and Padme, even though that was the intent, there was something in the look that made it's like, okay, but I see that right here standing in front of me. My adopted parents are basically the same way. That's how I read that as well. Yeah. And again, I think as we talked about last week, I think she, I think she's, um, smart she, kid. She, yeah. And she knows she can't, Obi-Wan even flat out says, Hey, you can't ever tell us anyone we've talked. And, uh, I guess when you think about it, right, she sends the message to Obi-Wan General Kenobi years ago, we served my father in the Clone Wars. She doesn't say, "Hey, hey, old pal, good to see you again." But maybe she learned her father lesson from her father, like don't send confidential information over. A, oh in, yeah, you know in, what, a, in a holographic in a hologram. Like I mean, that's, um, I'd have I'd be able to believe that more if it wasn't the Death Star plans. Like this is life or death. She needs Obi Wan to. Right, but. I she could still keep I, it, you know, like he, she knows he would know who she is and, uh, and that I, he would help. And then if you remember, um, in, in the cell block, right. Luke's like, I'm, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue. And she says, uh, you know, and he's, and he said, I'm here. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she says, Ben Kenobi. Like she, she knows exactly who he is, how she's almost right. excited to see him. Right. Um, I could, and of course she never actually gets to see him. Um, uh, yes, I but, could totally see it. I, 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 I buy it, but uh, I dis. I still, it's I think okay. You don't have to disagree. And it, it, <laughs> you don't agree. <laughs> I don't. And it's, I, yes, you could argue that that line implies that she recognizes him. However, she watches him die as well and is very unimpact affected by it for someone that she cared about a great deal. That's true. And she does comfort Luke instead of, yeah, crying as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, if she, if, I mean, obviously she, at the time she didn't know him when the movie was filmed, right. but like if they were going for it, you'd expect to like, Oh, I know. Like I knew him as well. He was a great man. You know, there, there would have been something there that was personal instead of like, I'm sorry he died for a good cause or whatever it is that Leia says at right. the time. 
And it's again, it's one of those things. Obviously, episode four filmed in nineteen, you know, seventy six or whatever it was. I don't. I assume it was filmed in seventy six, maybe seventy five. Of course, they don't actually like this was not forecasted at that time, right? <laughs> um, but this to me is just a good example of like I I appreciate Star Wars trying to fit in stories like this, but it it ends up feeling very obvious to me when they're trying to squeeze a story into a place where there really wasn't supposed to be a story. They fit it, but there's a little bit of like, yeah, that's not quite the fit that you think it is. Like it's, I don't know, like you're driving down the road and you see a car with like a giant box sticking out of the back of the car. Yes, you are carrying the box. You <laughs> you fit it in, but you're not subtle about it. Like everyone is aware this is not how it was supposed to go. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong, yeah. but I don't honestly. I don't really care. I, I'm, I'm, I, I love the dynamic so much, and I love everything we got with Leia. That I'm okay with some small, you know, imperfections there. Um, yeah, and and, and this crazy. is why. Yeah, and this this is why I think for me, it's going to be hard to have another season of this because now. Now you're going to really be like working around episode four and trying not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that that to me is going to be hard for yeah. another season is they really have to make it work and well, not and I, step on. I, toes. Just, I would just say this is we and I think we need to see this in Star Wars in general. Um, we need more things like the Mandalorian that aren't trying to be tightly tied to the existing material like. And I think that's what that's it's I enjoyed Kenobi, but I think the struggle with it is they're trying very hard to fit a story in with certain characters to hit certain, you know, notes or whatever in a space that's really tight and hard to right. justify all the pieces. And I don't think it I don't think they succeeded in making it fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think it fits to your point, William, good enough. It's enjoyable. It doesn't completely ruin like my ability to enjoy the show, but it is noticeable. And I think we need more original stories that, you know, maybe they start in the OT or like, like they start in something we're familiar with and then they need to go out and do their own thing. Like, I don't know. That's my two cents. Like they, I want to see Star Wars expand a little bit and tell different types of stories in different eras and different, you know, everything. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I would, I would love to see more of this. I love Ewan McGregor. I love Hayden Christensen. I would love to mm-hmm. see more of this show. Uh, but I don't think they can continue it for all the reasons we've been talking about, where it would be challenging, right? Maybe yeah. you could have another show about more closer to John Jackson Miller's Kenobi book, right? Where it's Obi-Wan on Tatooine. Or maybe even Obi-Wan leaves and goes somewhere else. Um, maybe he goes on an adventure with Leia again. I don't think you can have Luke in danger again. I don't think you no. can have Vader or at least Vader versus Obi-Wan, you know? Um, and, and I think it limits things quite a bit. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's, we should talk about this more on our, on our season recap too, but the, uh, uh the, there has been a number of hints from the cast and crew that they would love to, like Hayden Christians and Ewan McGregor both said they, they hope they would do another one. Deborah Chow has said, Hey, this was conceived as a limited series, but you know, I'd love to, you know, it, she's like, I 
we weren't thinking beyond that, but if we were to go forward, we need to be a good reason. So at least Deborah Chow's thinking about it the right way. Kathleen Kennedy events, right? It was a limited season, but again, if you know she's, they're seeing huge engagement. People want more, and uh, you know, if there's a good reason, maybe then we'll she'll she'll respond to the fans. So I guess but, I could see uh, them maybe doing it, but it would have to be very different. And they cannot repeat the same notes. They cannot have Obi-Wan versus Vader. Right. Uh, but, see, but see, that that's where I get to. Sorry, Stephen. That's where I get to. I think Reva is such a fascinating character at this moment that I'd like to see something with her. Just don't take this character and let yeah. it drop. It, yeah. I, I'll just say it. If I if you asked me to pitch a season two, I would pitch uh, effectively a separate Obi Wan Kenobi story on Tatooine. Um, I think the Tusken Raiders are probably ripe for you know an interesting Obi Wan focused story, um, something in between what kind of like what we saw in Book of Boba Fett um, and where we see them like in Episode Four, like somewhere between raiders and you know a thriving kind of native culture. Um, and I could see an interesting story with, uh, or a side, uh, not even a side story, a parallel story with like Reva and maybe Vader with Vader hunting Reva down or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, they can't, you can't overlap the stories at this point. Like no, they you can't. need to be, mm-hmm. they need to be separate. Yep. hundred percent agree. I could not agree more. Yeah. So are we up for ratings or is there anything else? Oh, this, 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 so this, we're almost there, I think. But I do want to chat oh, about okay. real quick the um, – let's talk about – well, we got to talk about the uh, Obi-Wan on Mustafar. But first, let's talk Vader and his, the final scene with the Emperor. Were you guys expecting the oh. Emperor? I wasn't. That's right. There was, there no, was somebody else. No, I was not. Yeah. I, that was really cool to see. Um and again, they, they try to answer the other question of, okay, Vader knows Obi-Wan's alive now. He knows he didn't die. Why doesn't he search for him? And we find out he does. He's trying to find Obi-Wan. He's sending probes out. He's sending, uh, he's, he's trying to search the entire galaxy until Vader, uh, the Emperor says, asks him if his feelings on this are clear and that maybe Obi-Wan has left him weakened. And he says, you know, if your past cannot be overcome, dot, dot, dot. And that's when Vader decides he doesn't want to be thought. He doesn't want the Emperor to think he's weak. Kenobi means nothing, and I serve only you, my master. And and that's it. I think it's a decent ex- reason for why he's... I think it is. He's not it's going, okay. you know. I, like, it feels a little weird that the Emperor doesn't care about one of, like, the most powerful remaining Jedi Masters, but, like... I think I can accept that he's trying to peel Vader away from folks on the past so that Vader can deal with the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, um, you know, the emperor, there's a bunch of powerful Jedi out there, right? Um, they don't know if Yoda's alive. They don't know. I mean, he thinks Yoda died, but they don't have a body. Um, I think he kind of is assuming the inquisitors will deal with that. And he wants Vader to, to give up his old past. Uh, and they'll they'll find Obi Wan. If they find him, they find him. That's how I, yeah, take it at least. No, I agree. I agree. And then there's the final cameo. Yeah, this one was cool. I mean, Liam Neeson back oh. in Star Wars after how many years? Yeah, 
like 23 right I, I love liam neeson and i just love that we finally finally we we knew he had to happen right it, they were they were foreshadowing it the whole time he had to show up and he finally mm-hmm. and it's so good to see him and and i just i just love when he shows up the line is like well it took you long enough exactly <laughs> i mean just just and you did get the feeling, even in this episode, at some point, he was going to have to, because it was even kind of, like you said, foreshadowed that it's like, you know, quite Masta, you know, Obi-Wan was saying that every once in a while. And you knew it was going to happen, but it seemed like at this point that Obi-Wan needed to get to the point in which he, like Stephen, you mentioned earlier, the guilt is gone. He becomes a more powerful Jedi and then he makes his peace. And then when he goes to actually do the, you know, meditation to commune with the force, that made sense that this is where Qui-Gon would come back. Yeah, it does. It, he, he finally makes his peace and, and then he, he gets to see Qui-Gon and they, they get to ride off into the sunset together. It's a very brief appearance. And I, I wish in some ways we'd gotten more with Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. but it makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. It and does. I, oh, I love I love Liam Neeson and seeing him back again. And we know he'll be back for uh, Tales of the Jedi. Uh, he and his son uh, will be playing characters in Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. But oh, it's it's really cool. I just yeah. love seeing them, seeing them back again. It it makes my heart yep. happy. Yep. And it's a great way to it. It does cap the show, I should say, in a very very good way. Like if this yeah. is the series finale. Nailed it. No yeah. notes. Yeah. It it really gives you a satisfying ending. And then now you know how Obi-Wan becomes a force ghost. How he's able to commune with Qui-Gon. How yep. he's able to commune with everybody through the force as a force ghost. Yeah. Totally yep. works. It's it's so, so, so good to see. And uh, I, I, I guess it's such a short, short sequence that there's not a ton to say about it, but I just, I love seeing him back. Mm-hmm. The other thing we got finally, and something I hadn't ever really considered to be totally honest was the fact that Obi-Wan had never met Luke, right? He drops Luke off as a baby and then Baru and, and, and Owen keep Owen, uh, keep um, Obi-Wan away for, for, for years. And so for the first time, he actually gets to see and meet Luke and he goes, he, you know, he, he, we see him leaving the cave and he finally gets to go to his little house on the, on the hill that we see in a new hope. We never see that location, but that's, that's I'm assuming that's where he goes. Um, and he stops by Owen and Baru, like, like we talked about to say, Hey, Luke's your responsibility. Now I'm not gonna, you know, just hang out right up there over there and kind of watch you all day. Uh, and Owen finally kind of gives a little back to Obi-Wan and says, Hey, you can, do you want to meet him? And I, I, I don't know. Had you guys ever considered that before that they hadn't met? I hadn't. I hadn't. Yeah. I guess it, it hadn't really occurred to me either. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's, it's so cool to see that. And, um, and of course, the fact that Obi Wan <laughs> gives his classic hello there, oh, it's great. We all were expecting it. 
We all were expecting it. We finally got it. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, so good. And he even gives Luke the T-16 Skyhopper eventually. So, ah, it's, it's just, I love it. It was, I, I think, a perfect ending. The, really, the last quarter, I think, of the episode was just kind of wrapping things up. Mm-hmm. But I was very, very pleased with how they how they closed out the the storyline yeah which for me if they were to end the episode here and just say that we feel we've said enough in the obi-wan series was great for its six episode run but there really isn't anything more to say i think they did brilliant in yeah. ending it this way yeah so i mean if you had to give it a rating maybe tom well hmm I think my rating is going to be a oh heck, I'm just gonna do it. I'm giving it a flat out ten. I was I through all the quirks, through all the things that we've kind of said, okay, this kind of doesn't work time this day. I was so mesmerized by the episode. I loved every minute of it. And I have got to give this episode a ten. And and I am gonna be honest, I would like to see more of the Reva character at this point. She's been redeemed. Where does she go from this point? You can't leave a character like this sitting there doing nothing. So any kind of book, anything, comic series, any kind of multimedia thing to continue her story, I'd like to see where she ends up. So I'm giving it a 10. And my 10 Womp Rats, well, they're going to go keep Obi-Wan company through his exile as he learns how to commune with Qui-Gon in the Force. And they'll pick up a few things here and there. So they may end up being, you know, a little force ghost later on down the road. But, you know, they're going to go keep him company while he's, you know, there until episode four. And when he leaves, they end up inheriting his house. Love it. Yep. So there you go. So, Stephen, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you give this episode? I'm going back and forth on this. I think I think I'm going to give it an eight. Um, but it's really, this is one of those cases where like this episode is really kind of simultaneously a 10 and like a five at the same time, if that makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. Like I, I preface this at the beginning and then you probably definitely heard it from me a lot, maybe a little too animated. This episode has some really high highs. The duel between Obi-Wan and Vader is really well done. The cinematography, mm-hmm. the music, like every piece of it kind of lands on all, on all parts. Um, but it's also got a bunch of things that I feel like kind of didn't land for me. Um, and not just like, I mean, we've talked about things that were kind of like quibbly, but like, I do think there's some pieces where it feels kind of ridiculous. Like it, it feels like the show was twisted in order to make the things happen that they want to have happen. And I accept that any show is going to have some amount of that. I just wish it felt like it was avoidable. And I wish they'd, I guess, done a better job of scripting and writing in order to make that those things happen. Um, so I'll give it an eight out of 10 just to kind of split the difference. Um, certainly enjoyable. I feel like it's probably a good, uh, like fitting end for the show and that a lot of the show, I think had this kind of little unevenness to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to use my eight out of 10 Womp Rats and that, I mean, look, just the parts that you liked about the show written by Deborah Chow and team, they did an amazing job, but they can't write everything. And there mm-hmm. are eight womp rats that, you know, they're kind of understudies. They still got some work. They're learning. Um, and, you know, maybe they just didn't land every piece like they originally hoped. So what you going to do? 
Oh, nice. Well, you know, I this episode for me, well, yes, you could complain about little bits here and there. And I did. And and, and, yeah. <laughs> and you did. And and we did. You know, it's again, nothing's perfect. Yeah, no. The the emotion of this episode and seeing you know, uh, Luke under attack and, and surviving, seeing o- Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru try to defend him, seeing Obi-Wan go off the, up against Darth Vader, seeing, the, you know, Obi-Wan and Leia. Um, everything for me just landed so, so well. I, I, I couldn't be happier with how this, this episode ended. And so for that reason, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. I, I just absolutely loved this finale and yeah i just i can't, I can't say enough good things about it. it it just left me it left me you know i'm not gonna lie you know i had a couple tears in a few points and i uh i it was it was great it was everything i wanted and so yeah 10 10 womp rats out of 10 and my 10 womp rats um they, uh, you know, that's the reason Obi-Wan left was because he, he left Vader to the, uh, um, uh, he left the 10 Womp Rats with Vader to, to make sure he, he didn't go anywhere. They didn't do a good job. Vader's even wounded is able to, you know, avoid the, the Womp Rats, but you know, what are you going to do? <sighs> well, that was, that was a great discussion. It was, it was, and this is just, I just love talking Star Wars with you guys. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to, uh, at some point, probably in the next week or two, do our, our in-depth review of the, the whole season, the whole series in theory. Uh, we've talked about this episode in particular, but I'm excited to go through and chat more about the overall arc of the show. We may have to do it as a two-parter because, man, that's going to be a heck of a discussion oh, to go through all time. six episodes. Oh, yeah. It'll be a great time. But, I don't know, before we wrap up, any any last-minute thoughts, friends? Bring on the next series. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward. What do we have next in terms of uh, television shows coming? We've Bad got, Batch Season 2? Uh, we got the Lego Star Wars. Um, oh, summer Vacation. Summer Vacation, followed by... Um, the series premiere of Andor. Oh, there we go. Yes, there we go. And then Bad Batch. So we got lots of good stuff happening. Lots of good stuff. Looking forward to it. Yep. Going to be busy. So, yeah, I guess with that, um, we'll uh, we'll wrap things up for today. And we'll be back later uh, in the next probably week or so with our review of the entire series. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.